listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 25th of June 2021. Later, the impact of the East Sydney lockdown on the share market. But first, to your superannuation, because from July the 1st, there will be an increase to the superannuation guarantee. That is the minimum amount employers must contribute to your super fund. It increases from 9.5% to 10%, and then it will eventually increase to 12% by 2025. But while most Aussies will get that with no impact to their take-at-home pay, others may actually get a pay cut. So for more on that, along with changes to superannuation contributions in the new financial year, I spoke earlier with the Deputy CEO of the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia, Greg McRae. Glenn, the superannuation guarantee lifts to 10% on July the 1st, but we're hearing some stories about how some employees are having to fork this increase out themselves, depending on the kind of contract they're on. Can you explain that? Yeah, look. Uh, The vast majority of Australians are going to get the SG increase and no reduction in take-home pay. Uh, And particularly the Fair Work Commission approved a 2.5% wage increase, which leaves plenty of room for the SG increase. There is a small number of Australians, typically high-income earners, who are in private contracts and they look at total remuneration. So in those circumstances, I would encourage those workers to talk to their bosses and say, hey... I don't think my take-home pay should go back and I should get the SG increase. So I would really encourage them to do it. We know the vast majority of Australians haven't had a wage increase for years uh, and we know there is capacity for employers to pay this at the moment. So to what extent can employees do something about it? Look, I think the key is having a conversation with your employer uh, and, and explaining that you feel you deserve to have not only the SG but also the, uh, your take-home pay not changed. Ultimately, how will this increase in the superannuation guarantee help super fund balances? Yeah. Look, this is going to have a great uh, impact on people's retirement. We know for the average worker, just lifting the SG from 95 to 10% will ne- nearly add an extra $20,000 in retirement. Then on to 12%, you're looking at $85,000. So for many Australians, they're going to get a little bit of a pot of gold in retirement. We also know that about 25% of Australians are self-funded at the the moment. That will go to 50% by 2050 by going to 12%. So this is fantastic news for the average Australian. Okay. What are some other ways members can top up their super now to take advantage of any existing rules before the start of the new financial year? Yes, look, there is always the capacity to chip in that little bit extra. We know for the average worker, if you're chipping an extra $100 in a week, that can mean up to $20,000 extra in retirement. So the key things to do, engage with your super, check your balance, look for those opportunities when you might have that extra $50, $100 and chip it in, either through salary sacrifice or through other means. I think there are some really key steps. The other thing as well, Do you have more than one account? Look, do you need more than one account? And if you don't, is there an opportunity to consolidate? The ATO can be very useful, their website on that, but also talking to your fund. They're there to help. It's your money. Make sure you engage with your fund. And what are some of the most important changes to superannuation coming in from July the 1st that will affect most people? 
Yeah, look, there will be a capacity to chip in a little bit extra pre-tax and post-tax. The thresholds for that are going to be changing from 1 July. Probably the major change is your future, your super. It's due to commence on 1 July. What it will mean actually from November is that you're going to be able to take your super account with you as you change jobs. So that's something to look for and to make sure you engage with your fund on what the implications will be for you. Glenn McRae there from ASFA, the Deputy CEO. To the Australian share market, which actually rose today, the S&P ASX 200 up 0.5% to 7,308. That is despite the Sydney lockdown coming into effect for the eastern part of the Sydney, the city uh, from tonight. What we saw were lockdown stocks actually doing quite well. Those stocks that did well during the pandemic like JP Hi-Fi, Kogan and Temple and Webster rising. Borrell was the best. It's a takeover uh, uh, target. Uh, Seven has upped its offer for it. So for more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Marcus Bogdan, the Chief Investment Officer at Blackmore Capital. Marcus, I know you're in Melbourne, but the big news story of the day is in Sydney's eastern suburbs and the lockdown there. But do investors or the markets actually care? And how historically do investors feel when these sorts of things happen? I think there's a couple of things happening here. I think the, the first thing is that um, investors are definitely just looking beyond the short-term lockdowns. They're looking at how well uh, Australia has recovered from the pandemic so far, that those economic numbers have been extraordinarily strong. And then I think beyond that, they're looking globally and they're seeing what is happening with reopening, with higher vaccination rates, and that looking into the, to the future of how those economies respond and recover. And broadly, that economic data that we're seeing globally is much better than people are, that are anticipating. And so they are not looking at what's happening today, but that broader picture. But ultimately, uh, if the duration of these lockdowns continues and they, and they lengthen, that will impact the economy and it will impact earnings and that will affect investor sentiment. Inflation and interest rates, though, is the market still betting on higher rates sooner than expected, both in the US and Australia? I think we are accelerating uh, to more tightening conditions, and it goes to the to the to the point of around how well the global economy has recovered, and also the, just the very nature of the pan, of the pandemic, where economies were artificially locked down, uh, d demand was reduced, and then it was turned on, and so you've had this huge surge of demand and this squeeze through supply supply chains. And that has definitely pushed a range of prices much higher. But, you know, our discussions with a range of companies in supply chains is that they feel that the, the peak growth rates and the, and the peak increases in prices occurred sort of January and February. And yes, prices remain elevated and will probably remain elevated for the rest of this year but then over time that they will moderate as the economies normalize so they're suggesting that this uh peak in inflation that we're seeing is more transitory than entrenched yes they are um but they do think it will be elevated for still some more time to come uh but that ultimately that 
companies uh, and supply chains, we will restock their inventories and that we will go back to sort of more normal uh, economic activity levels. So does that change things for investments and opportunities for investors? Well, I think a lot of it is being reflected already. And, you know, from the beginning of this year, we've had this huge tilt to, to value and to cyclical companies, companies will that will be beneficiaries of higher inflation. I think that's very much now in the, in the price. And I think now um, there is sort of a evidence that one is now looking at more stable companies and possibly companies that have underperformed this this recent rally you know good consumer staples uh, and areas in healthcare as well and just finally uh, if we look at what drove the market today can you tell us what what really improved it because we're also seeing coal prices at their highest since 2011 yeah, well, it goes back to that narrative of such strong global economic growth of looking beyond of what's actually happening today in Sydney uh, and those areas in the market that have done particularly well today are those reopening trades. It's the financials, it's it's the material stocks that are, that are driving higher, reflectively of confidence around the global reopening. And ironically, it's the consumer staples and healthcare stocks that are more struggling today. Marcus Bogdan there from Blackmore Capital. Don't forget, you, li- you can listen to this as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, the, app, the SBS radio app and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.